I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in, meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I knew that as soon as I opened the door for Gorilla a couple weeks ago, all the other animals in the wild would come by, and what I didn't know is that they would offer up such a large contrast, physically at any rate, as Ant. And of course, the message from Ant came in the way of my human experience, and it fell to me, as it does to every single one of us, to pay attention to that slight nudge. Because it can be a very subtle nudge, indeed, and depending upon your intuitive muscle language, the nudge can take various forms. It might be something that you hear, see, feel, smell, or taste, and finally know. And if you're counting that six languages, which is one more than what we perceive the body has, that final one being clear cognizance or clear knowing. As, as humans, we have so many different names for the neurological hardwiring that every physical form on the planet has contained within them, and maybe that's part of the issue for humans. We label with words that contain energy. It's why we call it spelling, which at times completely fails to adequately resonate with the actual energy of the thing, issue, etc. that we want to share with others. Because that's why we label in part, we want to communicate, we want to share with others. Perhaps the uniqueness of this object or place or whatever that has meaning in our own personal world. I, I think we also label in order to understand, or so we think, the very essence of that thing or person or whatever that maybe escaped us before we had a word for it. And I think maybe that's why in certain human verbal languages, there can sometimes be a translation issue from one language to another, as in the other language doesn't have a word for one that we have, or that their word for just one of ours is sometimes more than one word, and it doesn't translate directly. Not exactly an exact science, this external verbal language thingy, which is all the more reasons that animals would say telepathy is so much faster, more direct, and way more accurate than any external verbal language. Yet, as humans, we've by and large cut ourselves off from that, I think, partly because in our desire to understand and communicate to each other about our worlds, plural, we tend to see everything through the lens of us and them, which is what happens when you study or attempt to observe or gather information from an object or another being indirectly, this, this last meaning without a direct exchange of information with them 
that yields the illumination of mutual understanding. I think at best, all this studying gives us is an incredibly large database of bits and pieces of information and which tends to reduce, likewise, to bits and pieces, the magic of the very beings we say we want to so desperately understand. And sometimes I think this desperate understanding is because we, we want them to share with us the very things we don't have ourselves. A species-specific form of imperialism, I think. Every other species already know what exists on the planet, so this discovery thingy that we have going on, as in, it doesn't exist until we say it exists, i.e. when we discover it, simply doesn't exist for all the other species on the planet in any shape or form. Plus, they know that the only true way to understand another being is by joining with it in telepathic communion, so that even though the bits and pieces are revealed, they are always held in the context of the overall energetic container of the being in question. Nothing is ever missed. Little teeny tiny bits and pieces, nothing is ever missed. And yet the magic of the sharing, the understanding, the essence, that's what reigns supreme. You all know by now, or should know by now, how I feel about science and other related systems of human belief, and to a certain extent, systems of interpretation of energy. Because humans like nothing more than a good system that puts everything in its place, and yet still leaves open the possibility of more, because to a certain extent, that also places a checks and balances on the system itself. Which, to a certain extent, also has a certain chilling effect on the very system that claims to be open to new ideas and rigorous testing, conversely, that actually wants to shoot it down, those ideas, to the exclusion of the ideas in the end, a good majority of them at any rate. So that humans perceive themselves to be always curious and ready for more learning, this last part of ready for more learning, I don't perceive we definitely are not. And to be clear, I'm not using the air quotes Queen's we. I'm speaking of the very scientists themselves who, in my opinion, and that of the animals I represent, have strayed far and wide and down the rabbit hole from the beginnings of Einstein and Tesla, just to name drop a few. The thing is, when we attempt to reduce and apply reductionism to the very foundation of the as-yet-undefined-by-humans glue that causes us to exclaim in awe of equal parts terror and amazement toward nature herself, we, we tend to negate and dismiss this glue as being non-existent. Partly because, I think, that's also tied up in our religious systems of belief— that what we can't define or control we perceive to be dangerous and therefore either needs to be dismissed outright and or persecuted because it doesn't fit in. We like it when stuff fits in. The latter of this being held as we can't reduce it to a level that we name. Remember the earlier language piece. And when we name something, we assume control over it because we've air quotes discovered it. 
Oh, what a tangled web we weave indeed, right? And here's the thing, just to be quite clear. I firmly believe that as a living, breathing, sentient being herself, the earth is rapidly evolving and all other species along with her. That's, that's all of us and them. Because that's the design on this planet, partnership. Our species is way out of step with this dance. And while I have disagreements with the belief and system of philosophy called science, I certainly agree with their external assessment that our species, as Sir David Attenborough would state, a plague upon the planet. I don't perceive one has to be a member of the scientific community and ascribe to that belief system in order to commune with the planet and understand in a deep way how and who she is. After all, every other species on the planet already does this. They speak with her on a broad and sustaining level and receive the information she offers effortlessly to everyone who walks upon her skin, to hear her clarion call of the changes she's undergoing, her cries for help when we pillage her resources as takers and not givers in return. One might feel that there is no hope at this point, and I've spoken about the abyss between worlds, so to speak, before, that I can sense, I'm sure others can sense, and I choose not to resonate with that because it just doesn't feel good. This isn't also about the efficacy of research of the recent vaccines, and full disclosure, I am vaccinated, and I will get the booster when it's available. I get the flu shot every single year, and I was vaccinated by my parents. Why? Because I feel the resonance and human experience of the partnership with these vaccines, and I understand that in human experience on this planet of experiment and experience, it is about balance. And that balance is one of awareness of the experience, as well as guided to a certain extent, remember free will, by soul path, which I've always said is way above my pay grade. Perhaps the viruses themselves are about imbalance on the planet and in an effort to reset our numbers, as macabre as that sounds. It's what happens with every other predator and prey relationship. It is only in our hubris of human experience that we perceive we're not part of this balance. And that's where we get into trouble. My desire for science is evolution of pretty much everything about it, most especially to include, actually, subjective integration and resonance, which I do understand will likely be viewed as heresy. It just seems to me, and knowing what I know about animals, an illogical approach That if we're given the same basic physical setup of body amongst our members, that we also exclude the wisdom of the body and its own resonance to be a foundational approach to our communion with anything on the planet. Every other species does that and honors their own interpretation as a group. So why don't we? I don't think it's because we can't. I think it's because we choose not to. And sure, the individual experiences may vary a bit, yet it could be that this very complexity and diversity would also yield 
quantum leaps forward in understanding why we're here. And even more, how to better serve the planet and all the other earthlings on it. I think this would form a bridge between other species as ours may very well become as united as theirs already are to working in tandem with the planet. And so it was that my reaction to science being attributed to ant that was the segue into this week's podcast. It was a meme on Facebook that was really a brilliant photo of 12 individual ants holding a water drop suspended between their numbers so that each could drink and hold the drop in place for the others. Really, it's, it's a remarkable photo, and I'll put a link in the podcast notes. The thing is, what we would call physics is unknown to them. So how do they know how to balance the water? What we call gravity is unknown to them as gravity and how we think it works. So how do they know how many of them are needed to keep the drop of water in place? And what really piqued my interest was the quote, It is a science of ants to cooperate and divide the share of water equally among them and give everyone their right. Huh. Science? Really? Nope. Sorry, not sorry. It's not science at all, at least the belief system that humans know as science. It's their collective awareness that each is part of the whole, that each is integral to the whole, that each holds an equity stake in the outcome. In other words, balance and communion with each other and with the whole. Not to mention communion and balance with the element of water. Come on now. That's, that is really, really cool. So I would not categorize, nor would ant, their actions and state of being as science. Yet as humans, we use that belief system and philosophy because that's what's most readily available to us. Doesn't matter if it fits them or not. And so, with Ant coming through this week, we arrive to the High Hopes message. And if you're already hearing the song in your head about the rubber tree plant, you're welcome. Because it was that very statement that Ant wanted to impart to me and as well to pass on to all of you listening. So beginning the channeled message. The task at hand may seem insurmountable, this turning of the tide of the human species so vast in numbers towards a common goal. Yet it is your very numbers that, while impacting the earth and all others a great deal, has contained within it a magnificent energy to be coalesced around a common goal, partnership and balance. Our species knows only the energetic fingerprint of all others on the planet, and because they are here at the same time as we, we accept and embrace the predetermined reason, balance and partnership. If you would but choose Earth, our mother, and all her beings as all your relations, the task at hand would shrink to the space that each individual experience steps forward, knowing that all is in balance and the task becomes done. High hopes indeed. At least, this is how Ant sees it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. 
I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.